there's more independence, there's more flexibility. I think more authority to create your own content as well. So the new skill set is not just digital fluency in terms of how well you know the platforms and tools, but how do you network online? How open you are to starting conversations, to making connections with people you will probably never meet offline. Welcome to the State of Sales Enablement Podcast with your host, Felix Kruger. Insights and actionable advice from B2B marketing and sales experts that share what it takes to achieve sales enablement excellence. When it comes to social selling, self-proclaimed gurus are dime a dozen these days on LinkedIn. Our guest in this episode is different. She has truly walked the walk as a social media expert for brands like Accenture, Lenovo, and Oracle. Now she runs her own social selling consultancy and is one of the most demanded experts in the APEC region. Please welcome the founder of Smart Social, Anna Rukina. Anna, welcome to the show. Hi, Felix. Thank you for having me. I am excited that we could finally make it work and arrange a recording session. It's been a long time coming. Particularly excited to talk about social selling today because it's a very hot topic and there's a lot of different opinions floating around and it's always great to interrogate an expert like yourself to see what is really happening in that space and to get a real-world expert view on social selling. So thank you so much for joining today. You're very active in the sales enablement space and a lot of people know you, but for those listeners that are not familiar with your background and your work, please tell us a bit about yourself, what you've done so far and what you currently do. All right. I'm currently starting my journey of entrepreneurship with my company, Smart Social, which is social selling, social media for enterprise consultancy. My background is mostly social media strategy, branding, research. And for the past three and a half years, I've been leading social selling sales programs in Oracle here in APAC and Japan. So my background is social media for enterprise, which is a little bit more boring segment of social media. A little bit more controversial in terms of ROI, but to me, very strategic as well. So that's what I've been doing for many years. Awesome. So when I talk to people out on market, there's kind of two opinions that I come across over and over again. One part of the market thinks, okay, social selling, it's a waste of time. And then the other part of the market thinks social selling is the best thing since sliced bread. So for those organizations that are not convinced about social selling for 2022 now, what's your pitch for social selling? Why should they consider social selling? I think that's actually a great description. Social selling is a waste of time kind of opinion and social selling is the best thing ever that works for me. I think this also can be said about social media in general. Social media is a waste of time. You've seen opinions like that. Social media is the thing that is changing the world. I think, yeah, it's about the mindset of organization in a way, big words. But if organization is not ready and has an opinion of convince me, that probably speaks of it's not ready for social selling. I would never push social selling. I would never over pitch social selling as any method in social media, as any business tactic in social media. Organizations should be ready for this structurally as well as with the mindset of the leadership. 
So my pitch would be, if you think you want to try social media and social selling, yes, let's do it. If you think social media is a waste of time, then you're not ready. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I think any organizations that are still not convinced about social media, they probably won't be convinced for some more time. So I think if you're structurally not set up to utilize social media, then you probably won't be. So I agree with that. Especially with social selling, because the success of social selling is driven by individual, is driven by that salesperson, subject matter expert, your marketer that are posting content on their personal profiles. LinkedIn, let's say LinkedIn is the platform of choice for social selling for most B2B organizations. And so it's about culture in the company. If the culture is not there, if the culture is restricting, social selling will be very formal and definitely not efficient for sales guys. So yeah, organization should be ready culturally with infrastructure, with ecosystem, with support. So let's say an organization goes through the transition and has realized the value of social media, but is not fully there yet to really execute on it. For those listeners who might be in that situation, how does social selling fit into the broader go-to-market strategy? How should it be integrated in executing on a go-to-market strategy? The simplest form, it always should be a part of go-to-market strategy. As an overlay for marketing campaigns, for go-to-market campaigns, when sales teams receive content that is suitable for social media, that is not too typical B2B social media content that is quite dry. So content that is fit for personal LinkedIn profiles to support certain marketing campaigns that are lead generation campaigns. So in my experience, even simple videos that are invites to events, they work really well when they are produced by speakers, by subject matter experts, by sales guys who are responsible for these events together with marketers or sales programs. Those work quite well and they show sales teams the first success just in the form of attention they're getting, just in the form of leads they generate for, for the event. So that's the simplest way to start. Okay, so you're saying video and actually related to other long-form content such as events. Yeah, just say if you are working on a campaign and you want to integrate social selling in it, the first thing you think about is what content will I produce that will be used by social sellers because content is what is driving everything, engagement, your sales conversations. So the simplest form, you have your long-form content, you have your repurposed content, and not just published on this employee advocacy platform where people just click share and reshare, but actually more customized or specific events and specific sales reps even. It should be more authentic than your company B2B content. That's right. That's right. That's my favorite move on LinkedIn. People just resharing press releases without any comment or adding any context to whatever content's been shared. I think that's unfortunately still the most common way to share content, I think, on LinkedIn for a lot of salespeople, but also senior leaders. So I think that's certainly a habit that I hope to see go away. That serves a different purpose. So it's there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Definitely not the sales purpose. Exactly. It's just an FYI. It's a FYI. It's a bit of awareness. It's a bit of internal branding. 
inside the company. So it still has its purpose, but it's it's less so for social selling. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. From your point of view, when it comes to companies introducing social selling, so you mentioned the buy-in has to be already there. People need to see the value. But what else needs to be true for businesses to effectively execute on a social selling program? I will probably sound like somebody who spent lots of time in, in corporate world, but compliance is something as a very, very basic thing to look at before you start, because it's a very, very fine line. It's a very gray area between company content, personal profile, confidentiality, what can be shared, what cannot be shared. So company first needs to look at its social media policy and understand how thorough it is, how well it is understood by sales teams or your subject matter experts, and also that link with marketing. So usually when you start social selling program, and this is across all industries, communications team, social media team, marketing team, they need to be on board and support and not feel like you're entering their territory without rules and just doing their job. <laughs> so these are the things I would look at first just to ensure a smooth ride. Leadership buy-in for sure. And content ecosystem. Content in a broader sense. Your ecosystem of subject matter experts. People who are passionate about the solution and the product. Who will help you generate those conversations online. Those videos, long-form content, short-form content. Your customer advocates. People who are on the front lines. People who interact with your customers and know their real pain points. Not the people who created that buyer persona, but people who actually interact with customers. Those will be the pillar of your content ecosystem. Those will be the source of inspiration for the content. So ideally, you have some program manager who is in charge of this program, but it's definitely a teamwork. You mentioned frontline self-people to be involved in the content creation. Do you see that being very common and being something that a lot of companies do? Or is that still a question of marketing, often just looking at the buyer persona and creating content on that basis? It's, of course, very few salespeople create content. Unique, authentic, long-form video content is still maybe, I want to say 5%, but even that is probably optimistic. Which is normal when you think about social media in general, content creators usually are a small percentage. It's always been this ladder of most people are lurkers. Some people like 20% just participate in conversations and engage and maybe 5% are content creators. So the same in the sales team, you won't have 100% content creators. So that's why, of course, reliance on marketing content is super high third-party content as well, that content curation strategy works for many, many people. I think a big challenge is to combine your sales process where you're actually having sales conversations, cold calls, discovery calls, and then you have to snap out of it and create non-salesy content on LinkedIn. That's difficult. So that's why I think marketing plays a big role social media team, communication team plays a big role in helping start this more authentic conversation. So does that mean that the skill set of a salesperson has to change in future? You know, if you think about the way the buyer journey has changed and 
the lesser amount of touch points that you have that really allow for face-to-face interaction and the more fragmented nature of online behavior. Does that mean that salespeople have to upskill in the content creation front? Some of them, yes. Because if you know there's different opinions about social selling, one of the arguments against it or saying that it's not so effective is a complex solution, big deals, big B2B deals. Can you drive them with social selling or can you close on social media? So this part of sales process will never be replaced by social media. So that skill set is still more traditional, of course, but for big part of sales reps, especially with remote sales, especially after 2020, the remote teams will stay. So there's more independence. There's more flexibility. I think more authority to create your own content as well. So the new skill set is to have more digital fluency and not just digital fluency in terms of how well you know the platforms and tools, but how do you network? online, how open you are to starting conversations, to making connections with people you will probably never see in real life, never meet offline, but those who are your professional connections. So I think this is the new skill that is not quite there across the board for sales teams. And this is a crucial skill. And with this comes everything else, how fluent in social media you are. Got it. And you mentioned sharing of content on social media and Anybody who's on LinkedIn is probably familiar with the old one-two of connection requests and sending out a sales pitch. That happens to me about 10 times a day. What are some of the tactics that you've seen working recently that go beyond just those pitching behaviors, those direct messages, and just simply posting content? Yeah, the LinkedIn sequence, it got old so fast. Connection engagement, connection request, follow-up, another follow-up. This is just, honestly, I think, it is ruining your connections right now. I think what works, I wouldn't create a single recipe. And I again will say be authentic and very agile. So I will give examples of conversations that I think were quite effective. So for example, I always receive invites. I'm a one-person company right now. I'm in my first year. And I always receive messages, emails, hey, can I train your sales team or your sales team will be interested in this and that. So obviously these people did not have time to profile everybody properly. So I received a message like that from one of industry experts and I responded with genuine question. Why did you send me a message like that? Because I expected more of him. And he did not try to create a story. He was just very honest about saying that, yes, somebody else is doing this for me. I thought that, yes, you might be interested in this event. And so he kind of turned the conversation that, yeah, my bad, but do you still want to look at this? So I think that was a good tactic. And then I see interesting tactic of pushing your pitching your content in messages. So when you have a newsletter, when you have videos, just messaging your network, saying, hey, check out. I think you might find it interesting. I think it's a good strategy. But I haven't seen good LinkedIn sequences that I don't think they're worth it. The conversion should be very, very tiny. That's right. And beyond LinkedIn, have you seen any other social networks being used effectively? I think Facebook is still considered a no-go for a lot of B2B sales teams. Twitter is not 
very widely used, or at least from my understanding in the B2B sales space, like what are some of the other social networks beyond LinkedIn that you see being used effectively? It really depends on how territories are created. In lots of big organizations, there's no flexibility on the side of sales reps. They have to work with specific territories, but with smaller companies, niche communities are really always been and will always be good space for building this network and building awareness and meeting your customers. And this niche community can be anywhere. It can be on Quora, it can be on Reddit, it can be on Facebook. There can be even a Twitter hashtag. So it really, really depends on where the community is. So you follow the community, not the social network. Places like Quora, again, for building that awareness by answering questions that customers pose. I think that the new communities that emerge, these networking communities, might be interesting, but I haven't seen lots of activity besides digital networking there. But I think digital networking, if you know that your target audience is there, wherever you can meet them and connect with them, that would be a good social network. So LinkedIn is easy in this sense, because on LinkedIn, you know who you are talking to. Got it. Have you seen anything from a social selling point of view being done on TikTok yet? Yes, for sure. I've seen lots of business content on TikTok, both created by companies and created by individuals. I think TikTok, because it's so fast, it has very, very engaged audience. Of course, it will be used for sales. Again, it depends on the solution in the industry, but it's definitely used. Yeah, that's awesome. I think TikTok strikes me as being similar to Instagram in the early days. I think Instagram in the early days was really like an early adopter platform. And these days, any person, even people over 60, you know, would have an Instagram account. And yeah. it's not such an early adopter platform anymore. And TikTok kind of strikes me as a similar platform right now. You have that young early adopter audience right now, but I think more and more New audiences, including business audiences, are exploring it and experimenting with it. So I also see some early signs of uptake on that front. Yes, definitely. During lockdowns, lots of people came to TikTok in their 30s and they stayed. So the audience is there. Absolutely. So when we think about content and networking being two of the key pillars of social selling, how does a salesperson move out of the friend zone, so to speak, with the buyer and actually engage them in a sales conversation beyond just the friendly messaging back and forth and maybe the odd content engagement. Take them off social media. I mean, the usual advice is engage, wait for the buyer to send you some signals that they are in the buying mode or in discovery mode. But in reality, lots of people, again, are not content creators or not even engagers. So they are silent. So as soon as you are connected with somebody that you think is your target audience and you want to start the sales conversation, just take them off social media and start the conversation. How to make that transition have something to offer. And that's again, that's where marketing support is crucial. So you have your event, you have your content that is exclusive content. I'm not saying white papers. I don't think many people read white papers, but content that is engaging for that person in the industry, in the function. So 
something that is riding on trends, something that you can share with this person, a report, the usual strategy. But of course, as soon as you have this friendly exchange, which is amazing start, and you're friendly enough to offer a quick call, share the insight, invite to an event or a webinar, that's the usual way of moving people to a normal sales conversation. Do you think some of the attempts or some of the new formats are being offered by LinkedIn in particular these days, including live streams and LinkedIn newsletters, are an attempt by LinkedIn to integrate more of that middle or even lower funnel activity onto the platform? Do you think that's their intent? I think that maybe some of the features of Sales Navigator, like smart links, they offer more of traditional funnel. When you see the engagement with content and you can contact the person and follow up. But definitely what LinkedIn does well is introducing so many formats that it's more engaging for somebody to go through the feed. So it does encourage more engagement because of the change of the formats in your feed. So I wouldn't say it's traditional funnel all the way, but what LinkedIn does is increasing engagement and helping you understand how audience reacts to your content. Yes, I don't think I'm answering your question, but uh, <laughs> I observed with different formats, especially with video, less so with live, what it proves to me that lots of people do not even engage. Again, the huge, huge part of audience on LinkedIn is just lurking, just consuming content, not liking, not commenting. But what they do, they would remember you they would have a question. So I get way more personal messages after video content than any public engagement. So my conversations are mostly in personal messages after that. Some of them even just find my WhatsApp because we've been connected before and we talked about it. And they say, oh yeah, I've seen your video. Let's talk about it. And this is actually quite common. I use myself as an example, but I have the same feedback from sales teams as well. Yeah. So conversation flows off LinkedIn quite naturally. I can only confirm that. I think people have been, for example, so obsessed, like for so many years with other channels, such as email marketing, for example. And I think the sort of reach that you generate through social media is so much more frictionless and broader that it's oftentimes astounding to me that people spend incredible amount of resource to build their email list, but then neglect social channels where you can generate the same amount of reach in a much shorter amount of time with new audiences that haven't given you their email address yet. And I think that social media proposition on that front becomes so much more interesting. Like my post, just to share some numbers, on average generate anywhere between 500 and 1000 views. And if I try to achieve the same amount of reach, for example, with email, it would be an incredible effort to build an email database, the logistical efforts and actually creating emails and sending them out compared to just posting on social media. It's such a no brainer, at least for me and my audience, that I always find it surprising how businesses don't consider that. And especially the new tools that are out there, as you said, with LinkedIn Live and those other formats that they're introducing. Because in social selling, building email list is usually not a question because salespeople don't normally do that for multiple reasons. I do understand the desire to build an email list and not depend on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram because algorithm changed. You can lose your account. 
You can get into LinkedIn jail. <laughs> you can get shadow banned on Instagram. So yeah, email list is something that you own. While on social media, this is just never-ending work of content production and it's gone. I think LinkedIn is better in this sense because content lives on LinkedIn for way longer than on Instagram, but still not even for a week, right? It's what, two days? So it's understandable. And I think there's no shift yet how marketing works in this sense, even though social media has been around for a really long time. What is more important, number of followers that you have on LinkedIn or number of emails that you have on your list? I think there will be two camps on that. What is more important? <laughs> That's right. I also wanted to ask you, what are some of the B2B brands, especially in the technology space, that you have seen use LinkedIn very effectively from a general point of view, from a marketing point of view, but also particularly from a sales point of view? So lots of sales activity on LinkedIn goes in a very non-public space. So it's hard to say. Of course, I would say Oracle had a great social selling program. <laughs> <laughs> I always looked at SAP as an example as well really well thought through, really well-built program. What I see in terms of salespeople activity, I'd say Gong. I see lots of content from them. They have LinkedIn top voices on their sales teams. They do good things. Other than that, it's rather individual salespeople who are Excel for now, what I see, than the whole organization. So the ones that I named have something put in place. That is a program, and I've seen people who are part of this program, like BDRs, who are present on social media and what they do as a result, So, and it's a good result, or individual salespeople are getting good at social sales. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Anna, before I let you go, please just share with your audience some more info about your business, where they can find out more about the kind of service that you offer, and also where they can connect with you online. Definitely LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> Follow me on LinkedIn. I have all contacts there. I do consultancy on social selling programs for B2B businesses and workshops. So these are my main activities right now. This is what I enjoy and this is where I have the most value to show. So find me on LinkedIn. Awesome. Thank you so much, Anna. Thank you, Felix. It was a pleasure. Next time on The State of Sales Enablement. When you start to first realize that your mindset is malleable and that it's just another part of, of your being and who you are and that you can take agency over it. There is a bit of excitement being like, you mean I'm not stuck? 